Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, Millionaire Mindcast fam? Welcome into today's show. For all of my new listeners, we are grateful to have you. If you're looking to take your life, your business, your bank account to that next level, one of the ways that you're going to be able to do that, right, is to continue to model after other individuals who have successfully done it. And those are the people that we land right here on the show each and every Monday for you to get a little insight into their journey, what's worked well for them, and how you might be able to apply that to your own journey. With that being said, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you enjoy our podcast, one of the ways that we continue to stay in the top 100 to 200 podcasts in the entire world in the entrepreneurship and business and investing category is through reviews. So if you haven't left a review yet in iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to that content on, it means the world to me. And of course, don't forget to hit me up on Instagram, say what up, tag me on social media. I always love connecting with you guys. And you guys are going to get a great episode today from Mr. Derek Kinney, previously a financial advisor, a financial literacy expert, and an author who had just released one of his new books, The Good Money Revolution, How to Make More Money and Do More Good with That Money. And I think one of the things that I've realized is you obviously want to make more money or else you wouldn't be listening to this show right? You want to put more tools on your tool belt, more strategies in your playbook, more tactics to go out and execute on. And you have this ideology around money that it is positive and that you want it and you want more of it. But one thing that many people don't recognize or realize is that subconsciously, deep down, when it comes to their money mindset, there are many things that are holding them back. There are many negative connotations with money that people don't even know that they have and that ultimately are preventing them from breaking through some of these financial tiers and thresholds. And we talked a lot about that today and how you can identify those things, how you can use certain tools and tips and strategies to break free of those things. So that way you can exponentially grow your wealth, not only faster, but compound it in ways that can make a massive difference for you, for your employees, for your family, for missions, charities, causes that you're passionate about and really make your money matter. And so I think you guys are really gonna enjoy the conversation with Mr. Derek Kinney today. I don't wanna waste any more time. Get your notepad ready, get your, uh, your music and, or your volume turned up. And uh, I look forward to introducing to you Mr. Derek Kinney right after this quick message from today's show sponsors. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. 
These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, I'm excited to welcome into the show today, Derek Kinney. How are we doing, brother? Matt, it's great to be with you, man. I'm looking forward to our time together. Well, I know we're going to cover some uh, some great stuff around money, right? This podcast is all about uh, you know making your money matter and, and using it to build wealth and lock the lifestyle. And I know that you've had... Um, a really cool journey uh, in terms of entrepreneurship and business and, you know, creating and generating wealth yourself, which I know we're going to talk about uh, today, but I'm just curious where this all started for you, brother. Well, I actually, yeah, so I graduated college for a company and really what led me to be an entrepreneur was the boss I worked for bouncing my paycheck twice. <laughs> it's never fun to tell your wife, hey, honey, uh, by the way, don't buy anything this week because there's no money. And that's where it started. So then I began to get passed over for raises and these kind of things. And I realized working for somebody else, especially a small company where the person really was struggling to run the business, was dangerous for me personally. And so I reached this V in the road of, you know, my dad has always told me, nothing venture, nothing gained. And what he meant by that was, you got to take risks, Derek. You got to get out there, make things happen. The problem, Matt, was he could never do it. He was more speaking that, but not doing that. And there was a day I realized that that company where, you know, this is the point where my dad reached up, either you're going to stay working for someone where they tell you the dollar amount above your head, how much that's worth, or, or you're going to bet on yourself, move some chips on the table and say, you know what? I'm as good investment as anything. Even if it fails, at least I bet on myself. And that's what I did. I began to work in the evening and studying, getting my licenses to become a financial advisor. Took about six months, but eventually began to build that business and didn't look back. Right on, man. And so I know uh, it sounds like, did you sell your, your business at some point? I did, yeah. So let me take you now to Boston. So this was July 2019. I'm in the W Hotel there in Boston, and I go away on a yearly sabbatical every year. And the purpose of this is to take about a week to plan the other 51 weeks of the year. Sure. And I want to run really fast in to make sure I'm running where I want to be going and doing what I want to do. And I was faced with a big decision. I really felt inside. And after 25 years, what was next for me? And I began to write out a list of things I would enjoy doing. I write a book, launch a podcast, be coach, etc. On that list, surprisingly, was not being a financial advisor. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy it, didn't get great satisfaction from it, but it just wasn't driving me and really challenging me. I kind of been there, done that for 25 years. So I put in motion 
right then to begin to sell that business. So fast forward to January 2020, this was before COVID, sold the practice, was there for about six months helping transition each individual client, but it was a great time to step away. And and I got paid well for the practice, of course, but it was a way to take the message I wanted to not just focus on the clients, but how do I take this good money message bigger and really blow it up? And so what is the good money message, brother? What what, what you got for us, man? Yeah, so this, this may sound very strange to some people listening, but over 25 years in culture, I began to hear this wording that if people make a lot of money, they're bad. And if they're super successful and they have a big company, they probably did something wrong or illegal or they cheated their way to the top. And, and I, that really concerned me because as I began to assess that, I began to realize entrepreneurs and business owners that are in the, the value-added business of helping make money and do well for other people, they weren't talking about that at all. Where this was coming from was people on the outside feeling like it was the haves and the have-nots. And those people felt like because they have the money, then everybody else can't have it, and it's us against them. And I really wanted to address that head on and say, look, money is not bad, and good people should have more of it. In other words, money can be perhaps the greatest lever for good. If you work for someone or you own the business yourself, use your money for good and as a motivator to make more of it, to do more more good, I think is a powerful combination, especially right now where they do research on millennial investors. And we know two things, 75% of them hold some kind of Bitcoin in their portfolio. They're very customized and used to that uh, type of financial currency, but also they like to have a cause connected to a product or service, meaning that, look, if you're a CPA, an attorney, an accountant, a realtor, you're a commodity item. They can buy what you're selling from anybody, but how do you decommoditize yourself? And I believe it's when you connect a cause to that. We know that millennials, for example, will pay more money, assuming they get a good quality product, good quality service, but they'll pay more to know that they're making a difference and they're part of something bigger. So I believe right now, 2022, we think about how do you tie that in? This could perhaps be the biggest differentiating opportunity to build a business and really stand out in your local community. I love that. Let's unpack that a little bit because we got a lot of investors, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of people that I think that resonates with on this show, right? We we want to make a lot of money, but we don't want to do it at the expense of our core values, our morals, right? Our priorities in life. And, you know, we believe that you can live like a millionaire in your bank account as a parent, with your health, as a business owner, as a philanthropist, right? And creating this holistic approach to unlocking really what your definition of wealth looks like in life. But at the root of that, being honest with ourselves, that money is what makes the world go round, right? So how can this become applicable in terms of, is it, you know, where does the roadmap start? And what do some of the strategic, you know, stepping stones or milestones look like for someone that might subscribe to this way of thinking? Yeah. So let me tell you about a gentleman named Dave. Dave was a longtime client. This was about five years ago. 
And you know those relationships you've got where you can just tell without a person saying anything if something's really bothering them. And I could tell in Dave's situation, the weight of the world was on this guy's shoulder. So we had some small talk, asked him to have a seat. And I said, Dave, look, I can tell something's wrong. Spill it. He said, Derek, you know, I was just in here a year ago. Things were going great. But recently, he said, I'm just not into it anymore. He built this small manufacturing business, employed his kids, loved that. But he said, I just don't enjoy going to the office anymore. It's meaningless to me. I'm just not getting motivated. For some reason, Matt, the words just jumped out of my mouth. I said, is there a cause that you care deeply about? Well, I could tell the question stunned him. He sat there, his eyes as big as saucers. But he said, you know, it's funny you say that because a couple years ago, my family and I and my wife went to this village overseas. And on the tour they were on, the guide mentioned that this particular village really needed a schoolhouse built because the students there were really being held back. It was causing them to really hurt their local families. And he remembered looking at his wife and kind of exchanging that glance and saying, wouldn't it be kind of cool to do something to fund this school? Well, anyway, fast forward, they get back to the States. Life is busy. They're back in the business again. They forget all about it. But the question I asked reminded him about that. Those emotions flooded back. I said, Dave, what if you do this? What if you set a goal over the next six months and you said, I'm going to increase my sales by X percent and I'm going to take half of that increase and I'm going to fund that school? Well, he sat back, processed that and thought for a minute and uh, we went on to a different topic. He moved on. So he comes back in the office three months later. He looks younger. He looks more invigorated. He looks like a completely different guy, Matt. And I said, Dave, the way you look is undeniably different than a month, you know, three months ago. What happened? He said, well, I need to be honest, Derek. I was a bit skeptical when you talked to me about setting this goal and giving half to fund the school, but I went ahead and did it. I said, what the heck? We've already funded half of that school. Sales are already up almost 25% over the past three months. And I said, how did you do that? He said, well, I simply did what you said to do. I, I took that cause. We talked about that school building. And I let all of our customers know that this was our generosity purpose for this year, that we were going to take a portion of our profits. And we wanted you to be a part of this as our customers. And we were going to help fund that school. He said it injected new energy into him, his entire company. But more importantly, his customers, they began to refer people to them. They began to buy more. And again, keep in mind, all of this is assuming that you provide A-plus quality products and services. There's no way to give yourself out of providing really bad service to people, okay? That's just not going to happen. You know, so let's just make sure that's very, very clear to people. But what this did was it motivated him. So imagine most people think about generosity or giving is, you know, Matt, if I'm giving money to you for a charity that you believe in, I'm losing and you're winning. The money's leaving my bank account going to yours. What this whole Good Money Revolution talks about is we're flipping that around to say, pick a cause that you care about and your customers care about and want to be a part of something bigger. And you're going to use it to make more money and to do more good with it while you're still making more money. So the bottom line is it's not this losing money mentality anymore. If I give, I lose. No, no, no. You're going to use it to, to double the business, quadruple the business business because people want to be part of something bigger than themselves.
I love that. Yeah, I mean, you've we've seen kind of social entrepreneurship and these causes, you know, really come in and. Tom's is a perfect example, right? Of you yeah, know, you buy Tom's a pair of shoes. Example. We we give a pair of shoes. There's all kinds of cool glass, com- you know, glasses companies now, right? That you buy, you know, one of their glasses, and they're giving readers to five different people. And I, I just love that, right? Because it, like you said, it goes beyond just the self-serving, you know, service or product that you're buying. Um, how do how do people? Is there a specific framework that you guys, you know, kind of employ or encourage people to, you know, utilize when it comes to kind of having that social purpose tied to their business? Or is it just, hey, I'm passionate about X and, you know, figure it out? Or or where can people kind of drill down a little bit more and how that might integrate into their business model or, you know, the mission that they're on? Yeah. And what I would say is this is applicable. If you are working for someone, you're retired, you have your own business, but it's flipping around how we think of traditional investment planning. So most people will start off with, look, I want to retire at 60, 65. I want to have this amount of net monthly income. So then how much money do I need to save and invest and grow that to hit that, that goal? And that's not a bad goal. Or maybe I want to get out of debt. I want to pay my house off, send my kids to this school, grandkids here, et cetera. That's the traditional model of planning. The problem is, and what I found more and more over 25 years is, people would work hard to get to retirement only to realize, now what? I mean, now what do I do? The, the, the purpose I thought would sort of magically come down to me is not happening. And so what I wanted to do was, how do we help infuse that giving and that cause that people care about in their day-to-day lives so they're making meaningful impact every single day? So we developed a seven-step, I call it the good money framework. It's really the foundation of the entire book. And instead of starting off with when you want to retire, what do you want to do? We start off with what's called your generosity purpose. And that is thinking back and walking people through an exercise in the book about, you know, when you were a kid, was there something that you saw that you knew was wrong and you wanted to help solve, but you felt like you didn't have the money or the time or the influence to do it and you simply brushed it under the rug? Or fast forward to today on the news, wherever you are in your local community, if you, as you see the homeless or you see the food pantry or you see sex trafficking or you see whatever the issue is, everybody's issue is going to be different and motivates them differently. But when you think about what is it that drives you to say, wow, if I gave 10 bucks, 20 bucks, a thousand bucks, 1%, whatever it is for you, how would that drive you to want to make more money? So suddenly now what that does, Matt, is it takes away this whole notion that money's bad. I grew up thinking money's bad. People say, if you have money, you're bad. No, 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 no. We're erasing that entire thing and saying, not just go make money, go make a lot of it and now use it for good. Because what we find is people are going to want to work with you and you're going to make even more money because they're part of something bigger. So the first part of that framework is discover your generosity purpose. And one thing I attach to it is, this may sound kind of corny, but I, and I get it, is the emotion. What emotion will you feel when you know that you're making an impact in a cause you care about? I mean, imagine when you walk into a room of other successful business people and they know you're successful. So they know you've got a great net worth, you're doing a great job, but then they think of you as, 
that's the man or the woman who really is making our community better. You know, now you walk in without even any introduction because people already know this is a wealth banker and a difference maker all in one. Okay. So then deeper into the framework to keep it simple, so many people over goal themselves. Okay. They set mm. five, 10, 15 goals. I mean, think about New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose weight, get a cat, find somebody new to love, buy a car, pay my house. I, my gosh. I mean, no wonder it's stressful. Just set three financial goals on a note card, on a sticky note, write down your top three financial goals that are most important to you. Then you want to stick that on your bathroom mirror so you see it every morning and every night. You want to put it on your nightstand so you see it every morning, every night. Keep it in your car. And the bottom line is I'm not a huge budgeting guy because what I realize is when you know what's important to you financially, you're going to put all your energies there. It's amazing how entrepreneurs can get really laser focused and suddenly these other goals begin to fall into line. So further down, we talk about those three goals. Then we talk about, I think this will really help benefit your listeners. How much money do you want to make? Now, the answer most people give is more. I I get it. But let me give you an example of that. There was a woman that came to me. She joined a startup engineering firm and she was excited about the energy and the fast paced nature of it. But a year and a half into this, she was bored. You know, she'd been overlooked for a raise. People were getting promoted above her. And she felt like she was sort of being overlooked. And we began to come up with a strategy. At first, she just wanted to bang on her boss's door and say, hey, I want to make more money or I'm out of here. And I said, you can do that, but that's going to get you probably the 3 to 4% cost of living raise. And you're not going to be really valued in your boss's eyes, okay? So I said, well, what you want to do is remember that your boss's favorite radio station is WII. IFM. What's in it for me? If you can answer that question, whether the person's running a large company, a small company, you want to find ways to help them grow their business, reduce costs, and give them more capacity to bring in more business. So if you can find ways as an employer to think like an entrepreneur inside of your company, or if you're the smart boss and you're training your employees to think like that, and you're incentivizing them, now you're rewarding them for finding new ways to save money, grow the business, cut expenses, while you're making more money as well. So what she did was, she was in charge of all the supplies of the company, one of her one of her jobs. So she found a way and she said, you know what, if I save a dollar, what if you give me 25 cents of every dollar that I save? Well, her boss, it took a while to kind of process, but she was like, that makes perfect sense. I'm saving 75 cents, I'm giving you a quarter, and we're making more money. Then she found a way to get licensed in her field to then let her boss work with the highest revenue customers. She then took the lowest revenue customers to free up capacity for her boss to make more money, gave her a $5,000 raise. So the bottom line is, she could have just said, I want the 3 to 4% cost of living raise, or I'm going to manually adjust the dollar bill on top of my head that the economy says I'm worth, and I'm going to make sure that I'm worth more by adding value to the company. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors 
who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I love it. There's some great, Great tactics and, and mindset, you know, that ties into whether you're a business owner or you're a solopreneur or you're someone within a company that's looking to create and bring more value to your organization. Some great things that I think serve everybody and make it a win-win there. I've heard you talk about why you must invest in the eternal economy. What does that mean? So when you think about giving, you know, I'm a big giver to my church and from the standpoint of something bigger, tithing, all of those concepts. Many people think about giving like this. They think that the future value of money is always worth more than the present value of money. Okay, so and it makes sense. Logically, if I've got $1,000 right now, Matt, you may say to yourself, well, gosh, if I wait and I have the market grow and I get the stock market returns I need or the real estate, that could be $10,000 20 years from now, and that'd be more impact I can make. The problem with that is you've got a gap in terms of the meaning and the impact you can have over that 10 or 20 year period. So what I want to tell people is to flip that around and say, in actuality, in terms of impact, the present value of money today is worth more than the future value. It may not be in the dollar amount, but in terms of the impact you can have. I mean, one thing that we've learned from social media is there's a power in a lot of people giving a small amount of money to a cause they care about. Now, I get it. There's people listening right now that could probably give millions of dollars to different causes. And that's fantastic. We, we salute them and we applaud them. But most people can't do that. And there's a huge gap. And it's causing people, I think, to not live the life of meaning they want because they feel like, well, I don't have the million dollars. What can I do? You can walk across the street. You can ask your kids in a monthly family meeting, hey, kids at school, is there any moms or dads you hear about that have lost their job? Or are there any needs that you hear? Or are there causes that you guys care about? Well, now what you're doing, Matt, is you're fostering in your kids, even your grandkids, thinking about how can we give as a family? And then encouraging them, and this is real, real important, of how we talk to our kids about money is not 
not to just be the receiver of money, not to train them that, hey, you get a paycheck every two weeks. That's how we roll. No, instead, you are the creator of money. You are the ones building a side hustle while you're working full-time, eventually segueing from the full-time to the full-time job that you want where you control the revenue streams. So there's several pieces right here, but what holds people back, and I hear this time and time again, is, is I talk to couples, I'll say, Derek, what can I teach my kids? I have made so many mistakes financially, or even my grandkids. Listen, they're not going to listen to me. I've not done well. I've got debt. I've not made good decisions. Well, the bottom line is you are where you are right now financially. And here's what I've learned. When I come home from a day at the office, which these days is upstairs, walking downstairs, and my kids, when they were home, would say, hey, dad, how was your day? And I would say, oh, it was a good day today. That's where the conversation ended. But Matt, check this out. If I say to them, you know what, dad really screwed up today. I made a really boneheaded decision. Man, they are all ears. They're like, oh my gosh, dad made a mistake. Gather around. Let's let's all listen to it. And that's where the lessons are. So I I, I really want your listeners to think about the, I call it in the book, the power of the screw up. And that is use your mistakes to make money. I mean, what good is a mistake that already costs you money if you're not going to then use it to rebound to make money? Yep. And talking to your kids about, you know what, this was my best judgment. Here's what I thought was going to happen. Here's what happened. Man, that's powerful. But it also endears you to your kids and they see you as a, a regular person. A certain way with my money, I've got to do this. Man, just be you. And that's going to have the biggest impact that you could possibly imagine. I love that. Always looking for great opportunities to, you know, level up my kids' financial fitness and their yeah. literacy moving forward. Because, man, I mean, as you get further down the wealth building, you know, uh, journey yourself, you realize even being someone that has now a lot more experiences and an affluence around that area, uh, you know, we'll just say the pillar of wealth building how many things were left out, weren't given to you, aren't talked about. And so being able to kind of be a catalyst and a bridge for your kids or the next generation or mentoring other people, I think is so important, which is why I love what you're doing with Good Money Revolution um, and your show and in your book. You talk about the four lanes of investing and, you know, kind of using those different lanes to teach and leverage your money in ways that goes out and creates more money for you. What are those lanes and, you know, what should people be thinking about in terms of how they can employ, you know, that over the course of their wealth building journey based on where they're currently at? Yeah, great question. So when I designed the four lanes of the investing highway, you know, I wanted people to think about what do they do on a regular basis? They drive. They're always going forward. And how can we tie investing to that? So whether you're listening right now and you think of yourself like that, you know, fire engine, red Lamborghini or you're the conservative blue Honda Accord, you know, whatever car you're in right now, there's a place for you on that highway. So think about a four-lane highway. You're staring straight ahead. The far right-hand lane, think of that as the checking and savings account. It's going to earn maybe one-tenth of one percent. You're not going to get rich there, but the money's accessible, easy to get to. And you ideally want to have, you know, three to six months minimum committed living expenses there. If you've got a business, you want to keep enough for payroll, those kind of things. Okay, so easy access. This next lane over, I call that the three to five-year lane. So here you're thinking about 
down payment for a house. I want to pay down a certain amount of debt. I want to save for a certain vacation. I want to put down money to start a side hustle or a business of some sort. That money may earn 2 to 4%. Again, very liquid, very flexible. But if it goes down in value, it's not going to really harm you overall financially. Okay, so we've got those two lanes to pretty much monthly needs, et cetera. Now, the third lane over, Matt, that's what I call this longer-term retirement lane. So now we're thinking about strategic savings, your 401k if you're working for somebody, your SEP IRA, your IRA, your Roth IRAs if you're employed on your own, annuities, real estate, S&P 500. You're really custom tailoring an investment strategy here. And this is where it's real important to be very, very diversified. So again, can it lose money? Yes. Can it make money? Yes. But that's really where the bulk of your long-term savings is. Now, this far left lane, you think about a highway, typically the left lane is where people drive the fastest, they get into the most accidents. I call this the play account over here, okay? So this is the account where now you want to dabble in some things that you could make quite a bit of money in, but you want to do it for fun. So this is where you think about the Bitcoin, the NFTs, the Ethereum. But more importantly, I call this lane the follow the consumer trends lane, okay? And this lane, Matt, I believe gets more people hung up on not making money in any other lane because so many people feel like I've got to understand every word about every investment before I can go into it. And the problem with that is you will get left behind, okay? You need to get to the point where when you look around and say, wow, 75% of millennials all hold some derivative of Bitcoin in their portfolio, what that tells me is Bitcoin is probably not going anywhere, okay? I mean, let's just be real about it. doesn't mean it's not going to go up or go down, but that just means that's a trend that you ask yourself when you think about the metaverse or NFTs, who's going to be the winner? Is it going to be Facebook or Apple or whoever it may be? And you want to put some chips on the table there to bet on the future. So you're not basically putting your entire retirement in jeopardy, but you're saying, look, these are some well-placed bets. Maybe I put in 25 bucks a week into Ethereum. You're going to have a more engaging conversation at the cocktail parties, but you're going to be involved in some things of where the trends are going, okay? So that's how I think about investing right there. So, you know, when you talk, uh, you know, there's people I've talked to, multi-billionaires, and they all have a simple investing framework. Work. And the goal is, I think of it in four lanes, because the simpler that you make your plan for investing your money, the easier it is to go out and make more money. It simply requires too many brain cells if you're having to rethink your strategy every time new money comes in. You know, I like to say that you want to be the CEO of your dollars. And, and picture this. Let's say that you've got a company and you've got your employees hang out in the break room, and you've given them no direction, okay? Over time, they're going to start to come in late, leave early. The music's going to crank up. There's no productivity there at all. How many times do people treat their dollars the same way? Their dollars are hanging in the break room. They're spending themselves in places they shouldn't be spent. They're drifting off. You want to have a plan for every dollar before it comes in. That way you can keep making more money. If you're having to rethink where does each dollar go when it comes in, you will not achieve the wealth that the wealthiest people have. You just simply don't have the bandwidth or the brain power to do it.
So thinking about that accountability to your dollars, I love that, right? Staying in proximity to the things that matter, whether it's your goals, whether it's your money, um, and having that accountability to it. You know, what, what do some of those money habits and disciplines look like for someone like yourself? Well, one of the things that I like to do is make sure that every dollar I earn works as hard for me as I worked to earn it. Okay, now that sounds very simple, but I want to tell you about a couple that came in the office and they wanted to know how much money they needed to be able to retire. Okay, so they read all the different popular magazines, financial pundits out there, and it made them even more confused. And I said, there's only one way to know exactly how much you need to live on in retirement. And their eyes got as big as saucers. They leaned in. I said, you need to live on a practice retirement budget. I said, for the next three to six months, simply write down exactly what you're spending. And they went so far, you'll love this, Matt, is they had me direct deposit the paycheck that they thought they needed to me. And then we sent it back at at the company I was with, back into their checking account. So it was as though they were living on their retirement budget in real time. So what happened was they came back in six months later. They said, Derek, you're not going to believe this, but a couple tweaks, we actually know that we can live on what we need in retirement. So it completely took the guesswork out of it. And so much of financial planning is all the hypotheticals, the rules of thumb. I mean, this couple had transformed them and how I ran my practice after that because that became the requirement that before you retire, let's live on it, let's practice it, and it significantly reduced down their money blood pressure because there was less worry. Is this really going to work? And so that's one example I would give you. Another example I would give, and this really helped me personally, I'll share a personal story, is a concept I call capture and keep. And that is, I want you to make sure that every expense you have, especially the commoditized ones, the ones that you could get from anybody, you're getting the most value from. So here's an example. In Texas, we can choose our electricity provider. Okay, well, I don't know if you're me, but I don't typically go around and asking people, hey, what's what's the quality of your electricity? Is it really good? Electricity is electricity, you know? Same with your automobile insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance. I mean, you might have a a local agent you really like, but for the most part, the service or the product is all the same. You want to call them up and say, look, I'm considering changing. Do you have any kind of a new customer special or any kind of a deal that you got to keep me as a customer to help save me some money? And you'll be surprised that 90% of the time, there'll be a way to save money, okay? But here's the kicker. What most people do is, They take that savings, and I applaud them for making the call or going online, whatever they did, but then you see the new truck in the driveway. The new just simply transfer money from here out here again. So I call this concept capture and keep, and that is capture those savings, but now keep it by immediately applying it toward your number one financial pain point. So for example, for me, I wanted to pay my house off early. Now I had a two. 0.75% 0.75% interest rate on my house. It was very, very low. But it was just the act of, I don't want this money to drift off into the break room and have an attitude and start acting unruly. I want this money to be directed where it should go. So I just added that automatically to my house payment every single month, paid it off about 10 years early. Now, it was a combination 
combination of several expenses that we all put together. But the bottom line is, if you have a credit card debt that really bothers you, 200 bucks a month, $1,000 a year, all of that adds up. And so what I would tell you is to run your personal finances like an entrepreneur. And it builds confidence. And it builds cash reserves. It just gives you the ability to make smarter money moves. Because what we know is we live in a subscription service business. And many companies are counting on you not to remember what subscriptions you subscribe to. Now, I'm not knocking those companies. But if you really want to add value and make sure that you're retaining value of your money, you've got to be monitoring that on a regular basis. Because the more money you got, the more money you can make. Now, you talked a little bit about consumer trends, which I am always interested in seeing from your set of lenses, what you think is interesting, what you're paying attention to, what you're investing in. So a little bit of a a pointing question back towards you of what are some of the, you know, if you're in the fast lane and, you know, you're um, maybe looking at more of these riskier, aggressive, you know, investment opportunities, what are some of the ones, you know, not financial advice, but just what are some of the ones that you're interested in and leaning into? Um, and what is your kind of overall, you know, high of um, investments and allocations look like? Yeah, so let me give you, an ex- I'll give you an example. So I like Ethereum a lot. And when I sold my business, I had a tax bill that was due that was pretty sizable. But my problem is I don't like to part with my money. And the thought of writing that tax check just really bothered me. So I bought Ethereum and... And it just was rising, rising, rising. And so I had an exit number that once that Ethereum dollar amount hit that number, I was selling out of it because that covered half of my tax bill. Now, I know I was going to have to pay taxes on it and so forth, but I realized I'd rather let Ethereum or the stock market pay a large part of my tax bill. And so that's the mentality that I go into these investments with is not just holding it for the long term. In some cases, that's fully appropriate. But also, I believe in letting the market pay for the things that you want. And I tell this to my retired clients. I tell this to people that are saving for their kids' education. Look, I'd rather you complain to me, why didn't I make as much money? Then where did the money go? Okay. There's nothing worse than losing weight and getting into shape and gaining it all back again or making all this money and you know you could have sold out and locked in the gain and put it somewhere to preserve it and then you lose it. I mean, that's why wine sales and chocolate sales are up so much for goodness sakes. I mean, so how I think about money is I, and this is what I did, for example, during COVID is I bought Zoom, I bought Chipotle, I bought all the pizza companies, I bought Peloton. All of those did very, very well. Now, there's a downside to that, though, and that is if you look at consumer trends, that means that they're trends and they likely will change. So all of those stocks are lower than when I bought them, but I sold out of it before they went down. In other words, I still, I missed out on some of the gain, but I had to say to myself in the mirror, Derek, are you more thankful to have made money? And maybe you could have made more, but you also saved yourself from losing in all of it as well. So that's how I think about those types of investments. And I think the most engaged investors, Matt, are ones that invest in things that they like and they believe in, okay? If you're going to work with an advisor, which I fully support, if you want to work by yourself, that's great. But it's important for you to have a say 
pay and how your money gets invested, especially even, even small dollar amounts, because it's going to motivate you. For example, if I am getting gas right now in Texas, you know, the price at the pump is extremely high. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. But if I own Chevron stock or Exxon stock, I'm like, wow, I'm making some money over here. So, so it's all how you choose to see it. And I think that goes back to money beliefs that people have. You know, we talked earlier about where does this whole concept come from of money is bad? I mean, some people listening right now would think, Derek, I never in my entire life thought that money is bad. Other people listening are, you know what, that's what's caused me not to take the risk or make the decisions or, or be bolder with my cash because I saw my mom or dad bang their fist on the table when I was a kid and say, if only we had more money, then we could do that. Or they said, there's the haves and the have-nots, and we just happen to be the have-nots. And they lived their whole life like that. Now, you can use that as fuel. But oftentimes, that burn, you've got to address that because that can really burn you out as a business owner. All great tips, Derek. And I know there are many more to come in terms of the book, Good Money Revolution, that's going to be coming out here uh, very soon. And I know a lot of people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to check out the book. They're going to want to follow more of what you got going on. Where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, two places. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Derek T. Kinney. We try to drop fresh content there every day. And the goal is how do we make money easy so people understand it more and can make more of it. And also the uh, the book will come out uh, February 22nd. Uh, you can go to Amazon or we've produced a couple of videos. I'll just tell you quickly about some bonus items of how to save more, how to crush your debt and earn more, and also how to get the raise you deserve. And you can go to Good Money Revolution Book goodmoneyrevolutionbook.com for those bonuses. Well, we will be sure to link all of that up in millionermindcast.com on Derek's show notes. Derek, brother, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on the show today. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to the richlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live, in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always want to know, who do you guys want to hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.